How can you make this holiday season your best one yet, even if your results aren't exactly where you want them to be? And if you're wrestling with big questions about your consulting and coaching business, find out on this episode of the Enough Already podcast. Had enough? Ready to turn your career into your own consulting and coaching business? You're in the right place. I'm Betsy Jordan, and with my background as a consultant, entrepreneur, and personal brand builder, I'm here to give you inspiration and guidance to own your brilliance, shape your brand, articulate your message, and get seen and paid as the expert that you already are. This is Enough Already, the place for consultants and coaches to learn how to create businesses and lives that they love. Welcome to the Enough Already podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan, and today's guest is Brenda Reese, who I met through a mastermind group that I'm a part of. So right now, I'm currently leading a mastermind with my clients who are looking to enhance their strategic positioning in the market and with their clients so they can be seen and paid as these experts that they already are. And what I love about masterminds is being a part of a group of people who share your goals and your struggles. Over the last couple of weeks in my mastermind, we talked at length about what really gets in the way of us getting paid what we're worth. And it's a little bit about marketing and sales skills, and it's a lot about our mindset, our confidence, and that old imposter syndrome, which is really hard for consultants and coaches like us because ultimately what we sell is ourselves and our ideas. And that's why I joined Carol Cox of Speaking Your Brand, her mastermind group, and I'm a part of an incredible group of women. Together, we are pushing ourselves out of our vulnerability comfort zones because we want to be thought leaders. We want to take bigger stages. And this is where I met Brenda. So we had a conversation a few weeks ago as I shared some of my struggles as I've been dealing with some recent betrayals that have gotten in the way of my business and Brenda just turned my head. She shared her expertise as a forgiveness coach, which I never heard of before and now I'm obsessed. So what I love about what Brenda does is it's so powerful. I never thought about forgiveness the way that she talks about forgiveness, but bottom line, what she does is she helps people free themselves from resentments that sabotage their personal and business lives. Again, I had no idea about this role. And I also realized that everything I thought about forgiveness was completely wrong. I had no idea how forgiveness actually plays a critical role in activating what we really want in our lives. So I knew at that point when I started to learn more about Brenda, I had to have her on the show. But I asked her and begged her and pleaded her, please come, come, come before the holiday season because I wanted it for you for several reasons. So number one, Here's one thing I know for sure. I would love to say we all come to consulting and coaching all out of vision, but for so many of us, we're here because something challenging happened. Layoffs, a divorce, another loss, health issues. And for so many of us, it's just one of those things where it's hard to process it because there's so much shame and there's so much confusion, especially if you've been in a career that you love for a long time and somehow it just all of a sudden stopped working. So this is one of those things that if we don't process it well, it actually can hold us back from really believing and activating our potential. There's all kind of lies that we believe around why something like that happened. And so I know Brenda has some strategies to help in that particular area. The other reason is, some of us have done amazing in crushing our revenue goals and our business launch goals, and other of us, we just haven't achieved everything that we wanted. So it's really hard to go into the holidays and be fully present if we feel that pressure over not meeting our standards and expectations. And I really want everybody here who's listening, you're doing great with your business. You're trying so many new things, and I know that you have all of these things that you want to create. Sometimes we achieve what we want, sometimes we don't. So I want Brenda to be my 
my gift to you for the holiday season because I would love for you to have that perspective and path that lets go of and that helps you let go of anything that stands in the way of owning your worth and the vision. You know, one of the things that I know through all of these years of being an entrepreneur is I sometimes see the holiday season differently. If I have a lot of money in the bank, if I have a bunch of clients that I'm working with versus some of those seasons where I didn't have as many and I felt like I could be more present based on my circumstances. And what Brenda will show you is you can be present. You can experience everything that you want with your holiday season. Rather, your results are amazing. You could be in total gratitude about that. And if your results aren't amazing quite yet, but they're going to be amazing once you go through some of the work that Brenda is going to share with you. So if you want to use your downtime during the holiday season to figure out more strategically how to position yourself, then let's chat. Book some time with me. Go to www.betsydorden.com schedule and let's talk. But if you want to free yourself from shame, guilt, and anything else on an emotional level that gets in your way, please get something to take notes with and listen into my powerful conversation with Brenda. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Brenda. Oh, thank you so much, Betsy. So um, I'm so glad to have you here. So we had met, we're, we're both part of an amazing, amazing mastermind with Carol Cox and Speaking Your Brand. And you had turned my head with your whole concept around forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I would love to explore a little bit more around your journey. Like, how did you uncover that forgiveness is such an important issue? Actually, let's talk about your background. And could you do a quick introduction on yourself and your background? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, my name is Brenda Reese and I um, actually the forgiveness work found me. So my background is 30 plus years in corporate, you know, trying to climb the ladder and, and doing the things until all of a sudden my body was breaking down. I wasn't happy. I was noticing nothing was ever good enough, right? Bosses that I had, it's like, what is happening here? I ended up needing a back fusion, a neck fusion, and I had a brain tumor. Mm. So that kind of was, I started to kind of go, I think, I, I think I need to get out of this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so wow. I've, always, I've always been drawn to, I, I love helping people always. And people have always, you know how you have people come to you. They've always told you their life story, right? I'm that kind of person that, that everybody seems to be drawn to. And I had a background. I had a background in helping to sponsor people because I have a background in AA, you know, cause I've gone through that in my life. And so what we ended up, um, I ended up looking at like life coaching. What is this life coaching? And it was in that when against the amongst this major pain that I was in physically, that actually I found the forgiveness work. I didn't know I needed forgiveness. Okay. So I want to, so you are, what kind of role did you have in corporate? And does it so, have anything to do with coaching or was it a completely different kind of role? No, it was a different kind of role. So it wasn't management. So my roles have always been um, assistant, administrative assistant up to the executive assistant. And my last position was executive, you know, assistant to a vice president of a very large company. So always the, the wing person, right? Never the pilot. So I thought that was my role in life. I was just supposed to do that. <laughs> so, you know, imagine my surprise. When, as I'm asking the universe, what, what do I do now? Where do I go? Because this job is killing me, literally. You know, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to take care of myself? All of that. And I think some people can relate to that, to kind of like that crossroads in life. It's like, wait a second, this income, this is what I'm used to. 
now if I go somewhere else, it'll be different. So I always felt like I'm always the wing person, never the pilot. And that's how I thought I was supposed to be. That was my role in life. I fit quite nicely into the box. So you can imagine my surprise when all of a sudden the, you know, I wanted, I was looking at life coaching. I was looking at entrepreneurship. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, but the gift was that life brought to me this little advertisement with a picture of this woman that I looked at. And I'm like, have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. Where you look at me, you're going, I want to know more about this person. And then underneath her picture was forgiveness coach, forgiveness coaching. And I went, I don't know what that is, but I have to know. And when I met with her, which was synchronistic in itself, when I met with her, she was able to help me identify a pattern that years of therapy had never been able to identify and a number pattern. So the way that they went about it was different than I had been experiencing before. And I'm like, does everybody know about this? And she's like, no, but they need to. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And that's how I became a forgiveness coach. So that's so interesting. So you had this pain and you were struggling with all the pain and it was through the pursuit of a career opportunity that you realized the source of your pain had to do with forgiveness. Well, yeah, the actually, yeah, because we break it down and a lot of my physical pain was coming from my emotional pain. Mm. That's what I discovered in the forgiveness work where you wouldn't normally think like that. Because it'd be like, oh, I'm just doing this or this physically, right? But it was my emotional pain, the deep anger, the deep betrayal pattern that I had, all the things that were, you know, the things that she helped me identify in my life. It was like, oh my gosh. And when we went back to this one specific place, you know, with my dad, it was like, oh, and it all made sense. We connected the dots. So through the forgiveness work you did, so you, so it sounds like you started off as a coachee before you became a coach. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I worked with her and then she told me about the training program, you know, for the coaching. And so I still was going through my surgery. So after my surgeries, I embarked on the training. And as we both know, when you embark on any kind of training, it's a training for you first. So it was my own healing that I got to experience for during this two-year training process. So how, what happened with your, your surgery then? Like, so where did the forgiveness work help you from your own healing standpoint, from a physical standpoint and an emotional standpoint? So what helped me it first was just looking at the emotion of it. So that was the important part was being able to, as I went through the training, it was being able to um, be able to read and write and speak out loud my grievance story within my grievance story was where it was where the coach was able to um, bring out these nuggets. I call them the golden nuggets of where we connected the dots. When you can see a pattern, Betsy, in your life, like we've talked about before, when you can see a pattern in your life and the beliefs, then you start to see where life was mirroring to you, these thoughts and feelings that you had. If we do not deal with them, the, we are energetic beings and neuroscience is even showing that today. And so what we get to do is it, it, we get to find those pockets where it's buried within our bodies. And in the forgiveness work that I was trained in, he specifically talked about that, that their forgiveness process, the radical forgiveness process was started with cancer patients. They were finding that a lot of cancer patients had the same belief, which was I have to show up as, as who I am not 
so that you will love me. Because if I show up as who I am, you will not love me because of the shame that they had, that you will reject me, you will betray me because I'm not lovable as I am. They found this in the 80s that there was this common belief. So what they did was the founders of the radical forgiveness process. Wait, before you, yeah. before you go from that, I think yeah. other people would be all interested in what you were just saying. What was the belief that these cancer patients all had in common? Yeah. So the belief that was written about in a book called The um, Cancer, The Turning Point, I think it was back in the 80s, was that if I show up as who I am, you won't love me. So I have to show up as, hum- as someone who I am not so I can be accepted. Wow. So the, that belief wound up, how does that manifest into cancer? What, what led the commonality? Why is that a theme among cancer patients? So the theme that they found with the cancer patients was that they all carried this belief. So what they did was they, and this is a discovery process, right? It's not like, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a discovery process. So what they found, the commonality was because they had all had the same kind of patterns. Now, it manifested differently in their lives. For instance, like a pattern is something that's repetitive, correct? So for instance, for me, picking the same guy over and over again, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh I know. I I just wish that, you know, you talk about something I have no idea about. Exactly. I know. You've read about it, though. I know. I'm just going to feel part. I'm going to feel compassion from you from afar. That must be hard for you. I knew you could do that. I knew you could. But so that's a pattern. Yeah. Right. And another pattern is picking abusive people or picking people who betray you, you know, and that was mine. I kept, I had this pattern of picking people and it soon showed up in my friendships. It showed up in my friendships and it showed up in colleagues. And that was the fact, the pattern of that. If I love you, if I give everything to you, that you're going to betray me. And it showed up in every single relationship. It was crazy when I looked back. Because I was blaming them all as being like, there's something wrong with all these people. (laughs) right? Until I finally realized, oh, I'm the common denominator. Wait a minute. And so so we take that and we go back to the cancer patient and and clients that I've worked with that have had cancer. And they say, yes, what I've done is stuffed my feelings. What I've done is stuffed how I feel about myself because of the mother, the father, or someone in their life that played a significant role. And so they then turned it inward. So then they spent their life trying to, uh, they felt inadequate, they felt not good enough. And, And it didn't necessarily show up blatantly all the time, but it showed up in their relationships, like people wouldn't treat them right, or they abandoned them or they'd reject them. And so, and then they'd bury the hurt and the pain. They'd bury all the emotion inside of them and they wouldn't allow it out. What happens as they, as we can see now in the world where there with science is showing that we are energetic beings. And so we have energy that gets stuck in our bodies. We can feel the tension in our muscles Mm-hmm. What that does is it's like a pocket of energy. So it's like a, imagine a beach ball pushing it down, down in the water, right? And then it slips out of your hands and it pops up. That's what happens to us as human beings. Our bodies are phenomenal and amazing and they take it on and they take it on until they can't. 
and it manifests in a way to get our attention. And that's what dis-ease is according in the forgiveness work. It's something to get my attention so that I can now choose to do it differently or not. People have a different idea about that, right? Um, because it's not about blame too. Can I say that real quick, Betsy? It's not yeah. about saying I'm a bad person. So I'm taking this on. So I've created my cancer and I'm a bad person. I went through that with my brain tumor. I went through that. Like I created this. Oh my God. You know, I'm causing harm to all my family. I had to go through the guilt of the, all of that. And it's not about that. It's about learning to recognize the wake up calls, learning to be aware before we have to get the gigantic two by four. So interesting that there's this whole connection between caring, caring a lot of this kind of stuff and how it does create that disease, which is where sometimes our medicine process doesn't really help us unpack all of this and having a coach like you who can balance it with, yeah, there's therapeutic treatments I'm sure you have to have, but also like, let's get to the root. One of the things you said, though, that I, I just want to explore a little bit more, because as you talked about with different betrayal stories, this is one of the things that you and I wound up talking about, because I recently went through a betrayal. But I find with my pattern that I have a harder time with is not that I blame everybody else, but I blame myself. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody betrays me, I assume it's all my fault. Like I created it. What did I do? How did I miss this? You know, so this recent betrayal that I went through, I'm like, it came after, I've done a lot of work on myself, a ton of therapy, a lot of intense therapy, a lot of energy movement, a lot of things you're talking about, but I still got blindsided and I'm so, I was so confused. So what would you say to someone like me, who's done a lot of work and did get blindsided and they don't typically blame other people, but they are kind of brutal to themselves. Like, what would you say to that person? And how does this forgiveness work, work Mm -hmm. in that scenario? Well, first off, we have to be compassionate with ourselves because this is why we don't jump into self-forgiveness right away. That's why we use our life experiences and our stories as mirrors. Because if we jump into that like that, we beat ourselves up. We've got this little committee in our head. I usually have a different name for it that I won't say today. (laughs) But it's a committee in our head that's the judge, the jury, the attorneys, right? That's that's really beating us ourselves up. It's the judging and it's criticism. It's all of that. The thing, Betsy, that a lot of people do when we take it on ourselves is that we feel like we're a bad person. We feel like we have to be punished. If I take it on myself, then because I can control that then. Uh, yeah, I can't control you. I can't control other people. It is a, it's a defense mechanism. It's a control. If I take it on, then I can do something with it. But we can't because, you know, we, we can't do anything about other people. Got and it. they... They are there. If we look at it, we can look at it. If we don't take it on like I did something wrong, if we can take it on as, ooh, let me look at what is this showing me? Where else have I seen this? Who else has this shown up in? That's like a timeline. If we do a timeline for you, I bet you would be able to to see the pattern. And then you can take it back. How far back does it go? Well, I've done that work. I think what's interesting from, from my standpoint is, is that I, I trust people in some ways on the front end that 
that I probably missed some flags, you know, and that kind of thing. How would you speak to that kind of scenario is that, you know, like, how do you like, cause you want to be a non-judgmental person in the universe as you're discussing, how do you balance like being a, you know, an open-hearted person, but still have boundaries and not be judgmental? Like, how do you balance all of those factors? Well, the first thing is, is, is really admitting to ourselves that we're not, not non-judgmental. We are, uh, we're human beings. We're judgmental. The best thing that we can do is realize that I may not be in charge of my first thought, but I'm in charge of every thought after that. Got it. Right. So knowing that oop, I'm making a judgment, it's about awareness. It's really about creating awareness about what my thoughts are, what my actions are, what I'm thinking and what I'm speaking. Right. So it's becoming totally aware. What happens is when we miss these flags, it's because two things. One, we weren't being aware of how of ourselves and how we're responding with this person because our bodies give us information all the time. So, you know how you feel like uncomfortable with somebody or you feel really good with somebody or, you know, it's listening to the clues and having that awareness. The second thing, Betsy, is I learn and I teach in the forgiveness process is sometimes we don't catch things because we were supposed to learn something from them. Mm. Because if we look at it, if we choose to look at it this way, that life is a mirror, people are a mirror for me. So they come into my life to show me something that I'm not conscious of. Very strange. So that's that pattern. That's that hidden pattern of betrayal that I found is like that went all the way back to my father leaving at the age of five. He left for another family who had a daughter just like me. Mm -hmm. He never paid attention to me. He said, I don't want Brenda. Right. And he moved to this family I'm looking, I know this family, right? We're friends. And I'm looking at her thinking, what's wrong with me and not you? I didn't know a pattern is set up, but that's what I found doing this kind of little timeline. I found that this pattern showed me that everybody that I love is going to choose another woman or something else over me because I'm not good enough. Mm. That pattern was set into place for a reason. There was a purpose behind it so that I could grow through it. It's painful, but it's like, I, I resonated with this because it's like, why else would we have these continuous patterns? And that kept being shown to me in every relationship. I want to give little Brenda a hug. I know. <laughs> I'm doing that. <laughs> so the reason why I have, you want to have you on the show is, you know, I work a lot with consultants and coaches who left corporate. And they don't always leave under the best of circumstances, you know, like nine times out of 10, you know, we want to say we all leave corporate and we still want to start our business because of vision, but usually something horrible happens that kicks us out, either a bad job redefinition, layoff, burnout and all those things. And I know a lot of people, um, it keeps them from activating, you know, what they really want to do because there's all this shame. You know, how would you apply this forgiveness work to somebody who might have gotten laid off, gone through a health thing like you did, and that forced them to leave corporate, burnout, any of those things, and what they might be carrying around with them? Yeah, so it's being able to identify, because it's first, we always start with compassion for self, because we don't, we're already beating ourselves up bad enough, 
right? In our own head that we don't need to have, we don't need to add more to it. So it's understanding that if we can have, if we can entertain the idea that there was purpose in whatever it was that happened, okay, there's purpose in it, then that lifts us up just one step. It gets us out of that um, beating ourselves up. It's like, wait a second, what purpose was here? Okay. And then the other piece of it is identifying, is this kind of common? Has this happened before to me? Because some people do that. They go job after job after job. What, well, what's the commonality? And so that's what I do with people is help to see where these like oddities or where these patterns can be. And has it happened before? Where has it happened? Because when we can identify that, then you can identify what's unconscious, which could be one of those beliefs like mine was. So where, what belief do we carry? And we can start with, because a lot of people know their self-talk. I'm not good enough. I'm ugly. Um, she's better than I am. He does a better job. I'm always overlooked. Da, 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 da. So we also look at that pattern. What is your self-talk like? But what about somebody who might say, because I could hear someone saying, you know, Brenda, you don't get me. I'm a 30-year veteran of this company. I hit a VP role. I was doing great. I was loyal to this company. This blindsided me or this kind of thing happened, you know, and they're just working through the basic forgiveness, even just like how to, because I think that there's a connection between the forgiveness and processing the grief of that and being able to activate your purpose. Like the, because every time I work with my clients to try to say, all right, what is your ultimate positioning? What's the best way that you can put yourself out there? You know, we're doing a shadow dance, you know, a little, or maybe not a shadow dance, like an obvious dance with imposter syndrome. And a lot of times the root is because how you got shaken off the tree feels really bad. And it's like, oh my gosh, if anybody finds out that, you know, I started this business after getting fired, you know, how would you help them just kind of put to peace around the, that kind of ending of their job or career that they once loved and they now hate? Right. Well, what it is, is it's also like you do, Betsy. It's also looking, learning to look at it from a different perspective hmm. because it's all that life is, is what is, uh, you know, we hear that saying life is what we make it, but it's learning. How can I look at this differently? How can I reframe? So looking at it, it's the same kind of, it's the same thing, a little bit different because we're identifying our shame and our guilt. Shame is how we feel about ourselves, right? Guilt is having feeling bad about something we've done. So we start to tear that apart. Did you do anything wrong? Or was it just a shakeup? Was it somebody comes in and just says, nope, we're wiping, we're, which we're seeing a lot of now. It's change. As human beings, we don't do change well. So we get to find within ourselves, how can I look at this differently? What is the different perspective that I can take towards it? Did I do anything wrong? No, I didn't. Okay, you didn't do anything wrong. So therefore, shame is off the table. Now, let's deal with your grief. Uh, so it's differentiating between the grief of the loss yes. versus the shame of the loss. There's no shame. I did nothing wrong. Right. And shame sounds like keeps you from grief. Yes, it blocks it. So shame keeps us locked right into, I did it wrong. I did it wrong. So I don't have to feel my feelings. Grief is scary. The grief feelings are scary for people. They would rather feel anger, shame, guilt than they would grief and sadness. 
Ooh, that's really powerful. So what we're really trying to do is protect ourselves from the grief and sadness. And maybe that goes back to either pattern is it's everybody's fault or it's all my fault. Either one of them are strategies to keep me from the grief and sadness. And the reality is that we live in an unpredictable world. A lot of people I work with, they want to have predictable profits and a consistent pipeline, and they want everything to be in that particular way. And if anything dips, I mean, I believe that the root cause of the betrayal that I just went through is that person was expecting immediate, you know, immediate money where it's like, well, it doesn't kind of work that way. You're, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to make this thing kind of work. And it seems like it's that discomfort over, I don't know, sadness, grief, and living in this not perfect world. Does that sound more like what? Well, yeah. Am I, and am I understanding this right? You are. And, and when we're looking for that, you know, security, safety, perfection. Ooh, what's underneath that fear. Mm. Okay. Where's the fear come from? What are we afraid of? And it can be as simple as I am afraid of uh, money, I'm, of being homeless. I'm afraid that I can't take care of myself. I'm afraid of all these things. I'm afraid of loss of control. Well, what's that? And this is what we do in the work, right? We take it down and we go, okay, well, what? tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. And it's kind of like the what if. So what if you lost all your money? What would happen? Well, what if that, and what if that, because underneath this Betsy is a belief is a, what we're going to call like a negative core belief that I'm not good enough. When we try so hard to prove ourselves and we try to get safety and we try to get certainty, there's a fear of death, of dying, of being alone, of being abandoned. And it's discovering what that is so that we keep, we stop sabotaging ourselves. So it sounds like for lack of forgiveness for yourself and others is a protection strategy that keeps us from feeling the pain of shame, vulnerability, and low self-esteem. It's all a protection strategy. So it's not even really, so we're putting a lot of, a lot of, um, let's see, like a lot of power in a strategy that's really just a little shield to keep us from the real work, which is the grief, the loss, the vulnerability, and all of that. Yeah, it's an illusion. So the other reason why I wanted to do, I wanted, I've definitely wanted to have you on the show because, you know, as soon as you and I connected and you turned my head, it's like, oh, I have to have her on the show. But I wanted to have you on the show this particular week because we're moving into the Thanksgiving and the holidays. Yes. And so I, I started suspecting there must be a sort of connection between forgiveness, self and others, and an ability to experience gratitude. And I pose that theory to you and say, maybe we could have a conversation about it. And you seem to think that there is a connection. So yes. I would love to hear your perspective. Like, what is that connection? So it's hard to be grateful when we're holding resentment or anger, the unforgiveness right? The shame, the guilt, when we're holding all of that, it's hard to find gratitude. We can't feel it because there's a protection. There's a wall up. There's, there's, you're going to get me. I have to get you first. There's Mm. all of these protective mechanisms in play, especially when it comes to resentment. The other part of this is, is it is hard to be grateful when I feel really bad about myself. Remember, I have to show up as who I'm not so that you will love me because if you knew who I was, you wouldn't love me because of all that I think about myself. And so it's very challenging to feel grateful about anything. And I remember there's a story of, I remember um, 
in, in corporate when we would adopt families right at holiday time. And so really excited about adopting this family, this single mom that had three kids and just, you know, had gone through a devastating time and coming together and, and getting the gifts and bringing them to the house and be able to see them. And she said nothing. She just had her head down, did this, no thank you, no anything. And I remember several people in, in my little um, group that's like going, well, that's rude. She's not even grateful. And it's like, I'm looking at him and saying, she can't be. There's too much shame. That's a shield. Mm. She can't be grateful because she feels so bad about herself that she has to ask for help because that's the other thing, right? We feel it's a weakness that she can't even exert gratefulness. Even if she was trying to feel it within her, I'm not deserving of this. Wow. I'm not deserving. That can keep us blocked. How does this affect like even your belief around, you know, experiencing abundance in your career or experiencing abundance in your business? Like how does the lack of the forgiveness keep you from, is it just all the one and the same? It's like, I just can't be present to my life. It is. I can't be present to my life. And it's really hard. Now you'll see people that later you learn had a lot of bad thoughts or they didn't think very well about themselves, but they're successful. So we can put ourselves out there. We can make things happen. And, but eventually it, it's, it's built. It's like a house built on sand it's going to fall. There's going to be something happen. going back to our conversation earlier about that our bodies hold things inside of us for so long. And then something, it, it can't hold it after a while. So when it comes to abundance, having an abundant mindset, but having an abundant heart set is something that I talk about because of the fact that if we don't feel it, we're not going to be able to sustain it. It's all goes back to feelings, which we're not taught in corporate to do. It's not about feelings. It's about production and getting things done, right? And I think that there's so much right now, even in the coaching profession, it's all about like discipline your mind, discipline your mind. And you and I are alike is I don't talk about a success mindset. It's like a success heart mindset because yes. I think success is, or your mindset is determined about what you believe in your heart, not your head. And yes. my experience is, is that sometimes what we believe in our heart is not accessible through our cognitive brain in talking right. about the neuroscience. So how do you bring the belief that's in your heart to the forefront of a conversation? Or, you know, like, how do you do that? Where it's like your cognitive brain could say this all day long. Like, no, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's like that goodwill hunting scene. This is my favorite. One of my, do you know the goodwill hunting scene that I'm talking about? I do. So at the end of goodwill hunting, the most powerful part of this whole movie. So goodwill hunt. So we'll, is Matt Damon and he's gone through all kinds of abuse and he's this prodigy and, and uh, the school really wants him to get a degree there because he's so smart. So, but he's got all these issues from his childhood and he's in a therapy session with Robin Williams, who is his therapist. And the therapist brings out the file folder and it's like, Oh yeah, this happened. He's like, yeah, no big deal. And then, you know, you remember the scene where Robin Williams goes in and it's like, it's not your fault and not your fault. You know, don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. And then he kept saying, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault until he breaks and he cries, yes. you know, 
and then his life changes. Is that really the key in some ways? Like, do we all carry this myth? You know, what percentage of the population carries this myth that it's my fault? All these horrible things happen. Or it's my fault or somebody else's fault. Is there, is this like everybody deals with whose fault is it? Everybody, I believe everybody deals with it. I don't know a percentage, but I think a really vast majority do deal with it. We all have little demons that we're dealing with because it's part of our process. It's part of who, what we're here to experience and learn. It's the duality piece of life. And so it's not all black and white. There's a lot of gray and we're also built. We're wired. If you listen to neuroscience, we're also wired for, you know, to watch out for everything, to look more towards the negative. We have to train ourselves to think, to really feel positive. So we can say positive here, but it's really about focusing you. And I know this, Betsy, it's about bringing it down. How can I bring it into my heart? So heart math Institute does an awesome job of where you're using your breath work, right? You're using your breath and you're visualizing something that you love that brings you joy and happiness. And what happens when you do that? You feel it here in your heart. You don't feel it in your brain. So it's practicing that every day, knowing that Betsy, it's not your fault that things happen to you. It's having somebody that you trust and care about to hold you in a space and go, it's not your fault, Mm. but you do have control over what you do with it after that, because it changes our life when we allow ourselves to feel the feelings that we worked so hard to bury. It's true. So as we go into this holiday season, like what are three tips that you would give people to really be present, you know, for their lives and to experience the full gratitude, you know, based on your experience, like what are just like three quick, you know, if, or if you have one tip or any tips that you would give somebody. Yeah. So tips going into it, this is what it, it doesn't go over well with some people, but this is really important to know is that even if it's family, if they're negative and you don't feel good around them, don't go. Mm. I know this is like a lot of people go like, what? You have to. No, you don't. This is boundaries. Somebody would say, well, you're a forgiveness coach. Shouldn't you just forgive them, overlook it? It sounds like you're saying that overlooking is not the same as forgiveness. It's not. And you don't have to be in their presence to forgive them. Right. In fact, it's better to not be in their presence, to not be in that environment that feels toxic. It's better to pull away from it and do the work there. Then you go into the then you go back into the environment to see how am I doing? Right. You can do it that way. So give yourself permission to not go if you don't want to. Yes. Any situation, anything. And you can change your mind. Even if you said, yes, I'm going to be there. This is another way we beat ourselves up. Yes, I'm going to be there. I always say my word. Well, if your body, if your whole being is going, uh, no, I can't, right? We all, if we tune into our bodies, this is the other thing. If we tune into our bodies, it tells us so much information. We can feel it. It doesn't feel good. I feel negative. It feels yucky. You know, that kind of thing. Pay attention. Do that. The other thing is, is to start some sort of a practice if they're not already of bringing what they're thinking, not just list off a gratitude list, right? Not just list, I'm grateful for this, this, that. That's just, you know, that just 
speaking. That's just rote, basically. So what you want to do is you want to focus on one or two things. I learned this from a, a colleague that's a neuroscience educator. She's like, just focus on one or two things that really bring you joy. Really feel it. What are you truly grateful for today? What are you truly grateful for? What are you wanting to bring into your day and start it that way and feel it? Take 30 seconds to feel it to a minute. That's all it takes. And then the other thing is also that to allow the feelings this season, all the seasons, everything that's going on is bringing up so much emotion. Don't stuff it. Mm. Allow it to happen. Allow it when we make space they say, if you allow the feeling, the feeling takes 60 to 90 seconds to move through our body. If that's the case, then we can quickly move through something and it doesn't have to get stuck. It's the stuck feeling that gives us into our depression, right? Because depression could be looked at as depressed emotion, which it is for some people. So if that's the case, Gall, if I allow the emotion to move through me, I'm going to feel so much lighter and better and be clearer minded and more confident and be able to be in my heart better than I've ever been able to be before. Wow. That is so powerful. So if somebody wanted to work with you and get support around the forgiveness process for self and others, how do they get a hold of you? Do you have anything available for them on your website? Yeah, they can definitely check out my website, which gives them more information about the forgiveness work, because some people need to do that. We need they, to kind of look at it and check and it out. And the address is? Is Brenda Reese, com, And they can email me with questions at Brenda at Brenda com. They can also find me on Instagram at Forgiveness Coach, all one word. And then that way they can kind of check out my work and they can see what I have, what I offer. And I'm really open because forgiveness is such an intimate and it's a very private thing. Um, I really encourage people, let's have a conversation. Let's have a 30 minute conversation and I can hear what you have to say. They can hear what I have to say. And then we can decide if it's a good fit because forgiveness is not, it's not, it, there's a timing in forgiveness that's really important. And so it may not be the right time and it may not be what is needed, but we don't know until we start talking. And I think you have a, um, a free gift on your website as well. I could have sworn I saw a guide yeah. of some kind. Yeah, the 11 steps to forgiveness. So is it like a workbook or is it a worksheet? What, what would somebody get if they got that? So it's information for them to be able to take and look through the steps so that then they can choose to do the work or not. So it's not an actual workbook, but they could take it and read the steps and then they can decide if, how, which step they want to work on. Well, I could tell you one thing that I'm going to focus on for this holiday that, that I'm grateful for, and that is the opportunity to connect with people like you and through Carol Cox's um, Thought Leader Academy and the opportunity to be with amazing women who can, you know, lift each other up because we can't really do all of this alone. I think that there's something about, you know, people like us who are trying to not just create businesses, but create businesses that make an impact that all the vulnerability that goes with it. So being in a community like that is huge. And this is why I do the work that I do, which is to support people. So I know I will be, I will be focusing on that one part yes. of how grateful I am for, for you and, and the role that you've played with me. So thank you so much. And thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Betsy. 
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire in you, please rate and review Enough Already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at BetsyJordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y and you'll learn all about our end-to-end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait. Start today. Start today.